0: From the heart of Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry.
1: Good evening. I'm Jim Perry and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by UfaMet. Broadcasting tonight from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast directly to the mothership, that's Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. Tonight, paranormal investigator Bex Atwood reporting on recent UFO sightings, a Bigfoot experience, and much more from the deep dark Pacific Northwest. And beyond. That's tonight. And thank you for listening to this week's new edition of Euphemet. We celebrated four years running for the documentary series. I had a chance to reflect with you all. It was a lot of fun. It was a little scary. It was cathartic. It was a pleasure to be really vulnerable with you. And I'm so happy we've built together such a podcast that allows such things. I'll also ask Bex tonight on her thoughts on the last four years of Euphemet. And no calls tonight, but you can join the conversation on Twitter by using hashtag NightDrift. I hope you're ready to enter into a completely liminal space with us. Just let the rest of the world slip off your back and join us somewhere in the drift. I'm Jim Perry. That's Atwood on NightDrift, right after this.
0: Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: I'm Jim Perry. Welcome back to Night Drift. A big thank you to our sponsors and AMC Network's Shudder and our patrons over at patreon.com slash Thanks for making this show possible, and thank you, of course, for listening. Now, on to the show. Bex is a mycologist, witch, and paranormal investigator who lives on the Key Peninsula in Washington State. She is a part of Luminal Earth, the website devoted to re-mythologizing our modern lives by waves collecting experiencer stories on an open source map of the strange. Bex takes on residential cases of high strangeness and experiments with all sorts of methods of divination. She routinely reports for this very program. From the Key Peninsula, hey Bex. Hey
2: Jim. Hello everyone.
1: Once again. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on the program once again. We're going to go into a variety of different reports and sightings. And, and there, there is a tremendous amount of UFO activity uh, occurring uh, around the peninsula and the Puget Sound. And I know you've got a bunch of reports from not just Liminal Earth, but places like the National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, things seem very active in the skies right now, don't they?
2: They sure do. And it's so funny because I'll go a couple months without logging on. And uh, then all of a sudden, one day I get flooded <laughs> with all of these new reports. And, and what do you know, just even looking at the state of Washington, I'll find uh, Bremerton, Narrows Bridge, Gig Harbor on there all too often.
1: Wow. What does that say? What do you think is happening in this place? I mean, I know you are part of a group with liminal in its name, but we've <laughs> talked about this in past programs. There does seem to be something completely liminal in nature as if a tear in the sky exists right here in Washington state.
2: (laughs) It really does. And, and, you know, you, you watch all these shows and you read all these articles and you, and the deeper you go, you're like, is it an active volcano? Is it something about the sound itself? Is it just like the right pieces of this formula? I I have no idea. And I don't know. It kind of seems like uh, I compare it to like, when you're starting to learn about space and and it just expands and it expands and you're like, oh, there's billions of galaxies, okay. Mm. And so I, I'm thinking about that where it's like, um, oh, there's UFO sightings. Oh, now there's big sightings in the same area. Now there's this and that, and they're all <laughs> tangled together. And you know, all these other theories are proposed. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I compare it to that feeling, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and now you're with Garrett Kelly and Jeremy Puma, who are trying to figure out why an assortment of piles of oranges occur in one location frequently. Uh, <laughs> so the, so it doesn't stop at cryptids. Uh, it doesn't stop at UFOs. It doesn't stop at dogmen. There, there's so much strange happening. And let's be honest, although these reports are mostly focused on the Pacific Northwest, and yes... I believe there is a higher frequency of these type of reports in this area and there are hot spots, but this stuff is happening everywhere.
2: Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things I can preach uh, with Liminal Earth by my side is that every place is, has weird stuff. And and people come to us all the time and they're like, not my weird, you know, little redneck town. Um, <laughs> yes, your little yeah. redneck town too. I promise Especially- you, I grew up, I grew up in one yeah even more so right I grew up in one just like that and and all you have to do is like get out of your shell and talk to people and and you know be open to share your story and a story will come back to you and. uh, it's, it's wild discovering like if you if you take these boots on the ground methods and you're truly curious like you can find stuff everywhere. And yeah. uh, I guess the bigger question is, what does that say about the phenomenon and uh, the world we inhabit at large?
1: <laughs> and what is it? <laughs> yes. And what does it say about people like you and I and and Jeremy and and Garrett that uh, are spending all of our time trying to find these stories?
2: <laughs> what does it say? That's a good question. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't, he, we don't have to answer the, it.
1: We don't know the, the beholder. Yeah. <laughs> We don't know the answer. Okay, so uh, take us to Bremerton with a really recent report.
2: Yes, as of April 7th of of this year, 2022, uh, MUFON database reports uh, high in the sky viewed off my deck. I saw this the first time as a burnt yellow color was there about 15 seconds and faded out. This time there was the same Uh, shape in the same place, but it was white in color. There was no movement, no sound. Um, They do preface this by saying they live in a Navy town, but they don't think it was military. Um, They don't describe the shape or time of day or anything like that. Um, But yeah, interesting that it changes colors and kind of pops in and out in a couple different locations. And as someone who, you know, lives close to that area, uh, I know know how wild our skies can be sometimes with all the military stuff and it's uh, very sure. easy to distinguish when something stands out from that
1: yeah for sure there does become a cadence a, a rhythm a familiarity with the military's presence in these locations and I think people that live there every single day they know what these sound like they know what these look like there's a quality to them and listen when when people experience these anomalous, light activities, these objects, whatever they may be, there is a different rhythm to them. There is a movement that is unmistakably uh, non-man-made. There's a quality to it that feels almost naturalistic. I Actually, you know, recently I was watching a, a boat on, on water, and this boat was taking some pretty large tides, and it was in a roll. And I paid attention with soft focus on this boat's movement through this water. And the nearest thing I could relate to the motion of that boat in water was some of the anomalous lights that I've seen in the skies. There's almost a quality that these things are moving through space as if moving through sea. And it's it's fantastic and looks nothing like a military industrial vehicle. (laughs) So that i at crazy. least know of i don't know maybe you know who knows
2: <laughs> right but here i think the the most striking thing about the differences in between right are you don't feel the same pressure that you do when these like black hawks and these really mm-hmm. wild like passenger jets over. there's this pressure in the air that comes and it and it's almost like a wo whoop, whoop, whoop in your ears oh um, yeah and often people see these light anomalies and have absolutely no pressure, no sound whatsoever. Right. Um, that's, I mean, impossible <laughs> for any yeah. aircraft to, to do that really, Right. Um, that we know of, of course. But uh, that's usually the big ticker for me is, is uh, it's a lack of something that makes the experience remarkable
1: rather oh, than like, wow. I just saw
2: something. It's, I, I'm missing this, this, and this from my normal experiences and I experience this daily. <laughs> you know,
1: Wow. Like, a lack of loud. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting, Bex. I mean, this is a tangent a little bit that we're going on here, but I think it's important because it's contextual. When you look at a significant amount of any paranormal, so-called paranormal experience, the definitive nature, the quality that makes those things so strange so often is a lack of something. Isn't it? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Wow. It's a little too ordinary. <laughs> yeah, I want people I to those. think
1: about that for a little bit. Just think about that idea as a mental exercise as I yeah. started to, and then had to pull my back myself back because I'm trying to do a broadcast here, but think about <laughs> this idea and let me know what you think about it. This idea that Bex just mentioned yeah. and that I'm now extrapolating to involve various phenomenon that there's a quality of, it missing something that registers to us as being completely uh, sort of unknown or unreal or, or, or shaking. So uh, think about that. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on. you have another sighting? Uh, This is from the national UFO reporting center, right?
2: Correct. And it takes place on March 9th of this year uh, at the Tacoma's arrows bridge, which is something I used to take twice a day. So this is extra exciting. For me to be it's like for oh, stumping <laughs> there. Exactly. Uh, driving home over the Narrows Bridge and saw three bright lights hovering that seemed to be connected. We were driving over the Narrows Bridge from the from Tacoma to Gig Harbor. I looked to the north and noticed high above the power lines that go across the Strait there were these three really bright lights. They were moving slowly or hovering and faintly looked like they were connected to in a large V shape. Uh, There is an airport in Gig Harbor, and I know that sometimes airplanes line up in their flight pattern and can look like that from far away, but these lights were obviously the same height and distance. Also, airplanes were never flying in the proximity of electrical wires. Uh, They were not moving fast like an airplane and were far enough apart that they were not uh, wing lights on one plane. Whatever it was, it was pretty big, super weird. We only had a minute or so to observe the lights before our view was cut off. The only logical explanation that I can think of is that there were military helicopters hovering in formation with the spot lines on. Uh, end quote there. And um, yeah, I love that part of people's reports is like, here's my only logical <laughs> explanation I could come up with. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh.
1: Uh, it's, it's like a very
2: typical shape around here, too.
1: 100% going back to Kenneth Arnold's sighting in 1947. You know, this is well-worn territory for a lot of people when they... For anyone that knows about the Kenneth Arnold sighting is that the uh, image, the popular image that was created within the minds of the readers of what his testimony was directed them to the image of a flying saucer. When really the the saucer was was a misnomer. What, what he really saw was V-shaped or Mm chevron-shaped craft flying over Mount Mount Rainier, uh, flying over Mount Adams, uh, flying through this area that that you're talking about right now that holds so much historical significance to the the, the birth of the modern UFO phenomena. Uh, So this is stunning. And to to, to have a V-shaped craft, which also potentially could have links to people seeing tr- triangle-shaped crafts, right? Sometimes people think these are the, the same crafts. We're just seeing more of them or less of them. And so this is this is stunning. And also, that bridge is no joke. That, that bridge <laughs> is, is infamous. Uh, there's footage, if people go in and uh, look at the Tacoma Narrows Bridge on YouTube, there's footage of its earliest incarnation. Uh, shaking and wobbling and dancing and then falling into the strait. Uh, so you can go and find that. That was super interesting. But there is a lore about what resides underneath the Narrows Bridge. And that is a near Lovecraftian sized giant kraken of sorts. Yes. So... You start having this this great visual of the edges of Tacoma, this urban landscape. You're taking this bridge over this narrow but deep strait into the Cascade Wilderness. And while you're or the Olympian wilderness, I should say, and while you do that, you, you must travel through literal literal space and time above giant octopus. There's nothing more Lovecraftian in this story when you look up and then you see a V-shaped craft as well.
2: I wish that there was a way that we can communicate that to like the thousands and thousands of uh, people who drive over it every day. I wish we could just have like a sign up there and it's like, consider this while you're driving over the bridge. Yes, yes.
1: You know know what's real crazy, Bex, is that at this very moment, someone could be listening to this podcast (gasps)
2: going over the bridge. Over the bridge.
1: They could be listening to us live through KKNW right now because it stretches down to Tacoma. It reaches Tacoma, and it reaches the Narrows Bridge. Mm -hmm. So this is like a love letter to that space and time right now as we're (laughs) speaking this. And if you are experiencing this, please let us know. Jim at euphamet.com. Send me an email to let me know that you experienced this while crossing that bridge into eternity.
2: Please, please, please. That would be... I mean, it's so amazing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you have more reports to share with us and uh, we're going to get back to those. But real quick, before we go to a break here, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Liminal Earth and just a tiny bit about WUFO as well?
2: Sure. So Liminal Earth, I am weirdo number three. I'd like to (laughs) call myself. (laughs) Liminal Earth is a worldwide map of all things strange and unusual. And it's 100% crowdsourced. Um, and we have like, I would say close to 1500 entries. Uh, we have a map update actually coming very soon uh, for the month of May. And we're very excited uh, to share all those new stories. Um, yeah, Garrett and Jeremy started it uh, a couple of years back and it was originally just the middle of Seattle. And uh, it was kind of a, an effort to re-mythologize our surroundings and to serve as like a, a guide to finding the weird little pockets in your area. Uh, so that's our main endeavor is to map these strange experiences and they can range from your typical paranormal experience to UFOs, Bigfoot, strange dreams, uh, Jim's favorite, the dogs and shoes yes. <laughs> and many more um, being added every day. So check that out and then Back in January, we we founded this weekly uh, watch party of sorts, it's all virtual, and it's called Wednesday Night UFO Watch. Uh, you'll see hashtag UFO all over the place on Twitter, especially now, and it's been almost 20 weeks now, and uh, we're doing live contact sessions, uh, we have a website, we uh, direct people on, like, GoFundMes and uh Charities to donate to every week. Um, we have a merch store. It's a egregorish. It's really fun. And we have a lot of friends uh, supporting it. And we hope to one day have a physical events in the near future.
1: Yeah, it's a great group. And if someone is out there asking me, you know, a, a way to participate in The Strange, a way to get started, please go check out The Work by Liminal Earth and it will certainly give you a strange entryway into a group of really great folks working on things that no one can explain
2: (laughs) well thanks for that we try we try but we uh, you know the more we look into it the less you know
1: (laughs) very well said and uh, with that we have to take a short break here on Night Drift I'm Jim Perry I'm with Bex Atwood more with us right after this
0: Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. Now, here again is Jim.
1: We're back drifting deeper into the night. You can follow us across social media at UFAMet This is Night Drift and I'm Jim Perry. And if you want more of this program, you can find it on the UFAMet feed wherever you listen to podcasts and more information can be found at ufmt.com. And do you have a paranormal experience? Maybe something that has changed your life. Maybe something that you're still wrapping your head around and can't quite figure out. Maybe something that was a moment in time that you just really wish to share. You can share it with me, jim, at euphemat.com I'm back here with Bex Atwood on the high strangeness of the Pacific Northwest and beyond. If you have a strange story, you can also share it with Liminal Earth. Bex will tell you later on the program where you can go to tell your story to those folks. But right now, welcome back to Night Drift, Bex.
0: Thanks.
2: I did want to say you, happy four years, man. Oh, thank you. It's thank it's you awesome. so
1: much. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy that the, the documentary series is that old now and that uh, it feels sort of brand new yet way older to me at the same time. It feels like I've been doing it forever. In some, mm-hmm. in some ways, but I think it's probably because I've been doing the radio show, the UFAMAP project since 2015. So yeah. it just feels like, oh, yeah, it's a continuation of everything else that I've been doing, partly thank- we, thank- thanks to your partner, Garrett mm-hmm. Kelly, you know?
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, listen, before, you, you know, you shared with me before the program, you pulled some cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what cards were you using? Uh, why did you have the inclination to pull them? And what did you what did you pull?
2: All right, so I am using the Hollow Valley Deck of Symbols. It's an Oracle deck, and it's uh, has some artwork that I really like. That's <laughs> often the first path to getting a tear deck for me. It's like this nice. gorgeous line art, and it's black and white. Um,
1: yeah,
3: sure.
2: I felt the inkling because. Uh, I, I really do it for everything else, uh, prior to Wufo, prior to, like, Katie and I's talk show, like, we, we pull cards, and we, uh, we divine just like anything else, and so I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that into any and all projects, um, so here we are, it's kind of bleeding into, into you Met Night Drift now. Um, Love it. I pulled one for myself, um, and it's the shell. Uh, it has some really personal significance, um, just talking about, uh, the space that I'm in in my personal life, and, um, really taking advantage of uh, stability while I have it uh, because we never know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like a a deep rooted childhood thing for me to have that. So it's like celebrate that, dude. (laughs) And then I pulled one for the show and just like, is there anything that we should know? And I got a thread and it has some beautiful line work on it. Um, Yeah, that's cool. But it's talking about teaching unity, understanding discourse and ancestry. So it's talking about this being a really good time to do ancestor work. Um, So any listeners out there, if you're you're, kind of on the fence about it, uh, card saying now's a good time to do it. Um, But what I really like about this card and this reading for this episode is that it's talking about honoring the different types of interpersonal uh, connections that we forge in our lives and paying attention to the magic of what ties us together as humans. And so I think that that's <laughs> really wonderful because that's kind of what like Euphema does. <laughs> it's that's that's Euphema. And then the way that you connect with all of these folks and the way that you use um, their stories with their own voices um they tell the story and you just kind of guide them on that path Um, it's exactly what this card is talking about and so i think that this is like a celebration but then also saying um evaluate the connections that you do have now's a really good time to make new ones Mm -hmm. Um, obviously don't take off more than you can chew but um interpersonal communications are very important right now and let's uh do what we can to nurture them and to uh expand on them
1: oh wow Yeah, thanks. Thanks for pulling one. And then thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, it really resonates, right? I mean,
2: Mm -hmm. it definitely resonates
1: with everything that's going on with uh, everything that people are facing right now. Absolutely. um, Like, hold, hold those connections close. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Pay attention to what those threads are. And don't be afraid to, to also make new ones.
2: Mm-hmm. And, um, and also don't be able to afraid don't be afraid to um sever any that aren't serving you
1: yeah there you go cut them <laughs> out cut the threads. Cut them
2: out. <laughs> yep <laughs> pull up those uh those roots so you don't need them
1: <laughs> yeah uh tell us a little bit about your talk show with katie webb
2: oh man it's so fun um so we have been doing things in private for a while now we've just been doing uh, various divination uh, experiments and we've been doing a lot of contact type things with SS. So uh, we decided that we should probably publicize those and uh, do a live to thank people for, for watching them and things. And um, we do this and we're like, this is a show. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> super. Like this is a show and people want this on the regular. Um, but because of our schedules and everything that we both have going on individually, it's hard to commit to a schedule like that, um, so we call it like a our approach to like a cable access that's just when we feel like it, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we have a really great turnout, and uh, last week we had our first guest, which is uh, uh, Jessica Napic, and she's uh, one of our good friends, and we talk all the time, so uh, we got to... <laughs> Have our personal conversations aired, and that's great. Always <laughs> that fun, and um, <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. And so, in the future, we're we're looking to do uh, this very frequently. I'd say at least a couple times a month, and we just. Uh, Talk about things that we feel like should be discussed in the paranormal, but then we also maybe share some like stuff that's maybe too personal <laughs> and weird. Um, but it, yeah, it's just kind of a peek into like the conversations that we were having behind closed doors. So, <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. Well, it's always great when you have some of your favorite people teaming up and doing things. Yeah. And it's so weird because I know you two completely independently from each other, uh, yeah. it, completely different realms. And uh, it, it's great to see that, that, that people find each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about those threads. And you know, it's so funny. We, we, we hear about this imagery of individuals having meditative or mystical experiences where there is this idea of golden threads like exiting our body and connecting us to the things that we need to be connected to. And it's what it kind of feels like, like wow. people have the ability to like sort of connect their golden threads to each other.
2: And I would argue that some people like yourself have the ability to assist those golden threads where they need to go because mm. like, because of you and because of Katie, like I, a lot of my golden threads have gone to people that you've recommended. And, and it's mm. like, like some people have the ability to guide those in some ways or maybe not like consciously guide them but facilitate and like channel them in the right area i don't know it's i think about that a lot and so it's funny that you bring up the golden threads (laughs) Mm. that's
1: awesome well that's great well you know just call me a a thread weaver over here is that what they are i don't know (laughs) like (laughs) somebody i don't know let's get all this i don't know enough about threads to make puns um let's <laughs> let's go let's let's get back into ufos here um yeah. there is another stunning report from this very year in, in gig harbor which is just on the other side of the bridge you were just mentioning yeah, T- tell us about absolutely. this one
2: so this is on january 21st so this was uh, funny enough right around when we founded and started Woofo. Mm. <laughs> i love it um I looked up to the sky, seeing a bunch of stars, when I shortly realized they were moving, changing formation, and changing colors. It was out of my front yard I looked up at the sky because it was a clear night and I thought I saw a bunch of stars. Shortly after staring for some time, I noticed a small cluster at first of maybe 10 lights moving around next to each other. And then I looked over more and saw a formation of lights in a big triangle shape. I continued to scan the sky and noticed all those lights were UFOs and not actually stars. Uh, There had to be at least 60 or more clusters of UFOs in the sky. They were all moving slowly across the sky with some changing colors. It was dead quiet too. I've seen a UFO before, but nothing like this. Almost seemed like an invasion. Um, so it's the shape of the triangle the duration over an hour uh, the characteristics of the craft were lights on an object uh, object emitted other objects object changed color and that was from new fork
0: as well
1: <laughs> 60 or more clusters mm-hmm. of ufos is what this person experienced
2: and that i to me i feel like that blows out of the water like the Mori incident and the Rainier incident with them having, um, you know, like six to nine craft involved. I used to think that that was wild, but now I'm reading this and I'm like, 60? (laughs) Wild. Well,
1: well, I mean, that's what's weird about this, is that contextually, one is unbelievable and wild, right? Like, the idea of one is uh, mind-boggling. Like in terms yeah. of what the implications could be and like what what is this and what is our relationship to it and how are they changing us and how are we changing it and what is this conversation? But when we start thinking about the scenarios of someone experiencing something like that, you have to start to wonder with these significant larger events, usually there are corroborative information. Usually it isn't just like a single drop in somebody's water. It is ripples of rain in a sea that occurs with these larger events. And I would, I would guess that maybe within some somewhere near Gig Harbor, somewhere in the Puget Sound, January 21st, somebody else may have seen something, you know? And that would be fascinating. And if they didn't, and we believe this person's experience and what they saw, right? We believe in this witness experience then what does that say what does it say that a single person perhaps could have an experience with so many of these objects it's fascinating it's mind-boggling yeah. it's fascinating
2: yeah imagine if no one else did see it doesn't that make it kind of weird <laughs> <some> right <laughs> like was that, was that just for them that's yeah so many questions as always <laughs>
1: right Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing those ufo reports of course. Uh, liminal earth is involved in all sorts of ufo and people can report directly to liminal earth Uh, how do people go about sharing their story with liminal earth
2: so it's as simple as going to the website liminal.earth and up at the right in the menu you'll see submit And you just fill out a form and you can provide as much or as little information as you'd like, uh, especially when it comes to your identity and location. Uh, We're all about privacy, so feel free to be anonymous. Feel free to just put a city name if you're not comfortable disclosing the actual location. Fantastic.
1: And we did have a Bigfoot story, but I think Mm -hmm. we need to let's save that for for our next episode together. And let's go directly as we're running low on time here. Let's go directly to your most recent woofo you know so it's been consistent over the last several months you know i've been to a woofo U- a with you we've talked about woofo on here wednesday night ufo party um <laughs> and 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 since then you've been coming back on and giving us updates about what has been transpiring during these events where collectively people from all around the world are joining in together to witness ufo's to watch the sky to sometimes do even experiments and engage with whatever is out there on Wednesday nights
2: yes exactly and the last few weeks um we've had the privilege of being able to use an mp3 that was created by no one other than Johnny L. Tenney and it's like a binaural beats of sorts but he's juiced it up with some things that he believes causes um pareidolia of sorts
0: Um,
2: so we've been playing with that and i even went as far as like just giving garrett my sp7 spirit box (laughs) i don't Mm. need this anymore Um, Mm. because it gives me the craziest um visuals in in my like you know mind's eye
3: Mm. as
2: i'm doing the estes and so this past wednesday night we were I was under and Garrett was under simultaneously because we're finding that uh, when we do that together, it's almost conversational in nature. Um, and it's really cool to watch back. Uh, but last yeah. night I'm listening to the, the Tenny sounds and I see in my mind's eye, uh, I'm, I'm in this black void of sorts. And uh, there's this humanoid bust. So just from the top of the head to like the collarbone, something that I can see. Uh, humanoid nature but what's really weird about this uh image is uh the the eyelids were octopi they were two octopi and then the tentacles were eyelashes What? (laughs) and it floated by and then i could see a series of pink lights following behind it like they were chasing it um i was just like what was oh my gosh (laughs) what in the heck (laughs) what does that mean right um yeah it was it was wild and so um i still have to watch the session back it was just last night um but what's really interesting about uh this session and and the majority of our contact sessions for wufo is uh there's they're always followed by a series of strange dreams both by us participants and uh, all the visitors and uh folks participating from their homes um Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes seemingly even to just like our Twitter newsfeed is full of people, woofoers or not. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. those dreams last night? So um, yeah. interesting potential correlation there. But um, yeah, I saw this really strange creature, in it. And now I, I think it's funny that we're bringing it up because we're also talking about the Narrows Bridge and the Kraken and, and things of the sort. So yeah. somehow there's maybe a thread between the two of us.
1: Oh, and going back to threads. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Full circle. It's a great callback for the entire show.
2: I'm very proud of that one.
1: She just, she just tipped her hat to the audience. You couldn't see that. It was great. Yep. It was very called for. All right. So, <laughs> speaking of all the strangeness around here, at the end of June, there's an event that both you and I are going to attend, um, probably as just enthusiasts or something. At least me. I, I won't put words in your mouth. But June twenty second there is uh, the 75th anniversary celebration of Maury Island incident. Mm
0: -hmm. And Maury
1: Island incident is something that's been a case I've been following for years. It's been so important to me. And there's a community just across the water from where all of this happened that get together and celebrate all of that weirdness and almost uh, uh, vehemently, uh, violently uh, (laughs) defend their positions as ambassadors for what this event is. And so I hope what we can do, Bex, when we're there is uh, have do some interviews. Maybe we mm-hmm. can have their crew on Night Drift or something that weekend or the weekend before and we can discuss this, uh, yeah, further. But I'm, I'm super excited about it. And I'm really excited that the Night Drift slash you listeners are allowing us to indulge in some local curiosity some hyper local curiosity and i think like for i don't know for example there are listeners that live in other parts of the country that are telling me that they're coming to the pacific northwest on vacation based off of some of these stories that we're telling and to come and experience the weird for the first time now of course like maybe they're also into grunge music maybe they also want to go to forks and like experience twilight stuff i don't know there's probably like there's a lot of (laughs) reasons to come to seattle and the greater pacific northwest but there there is uh an attraction to this area that pulls you deeper into its darkness in a very specific way wouldn't you agree
2: i agree 100 um that makes me so excited to hear that hulks are are going to come and visit uh but i would like to remind them that uh yeah of course take your vacation love love the spooky vacation ideas always um but uh I always encourage people to dig into your own weird there's there's stuff out there in, in every every little town I promise
1: Bex are you telling people not to come here is that what you're saying no stay I'm in not. your home
2: spooky vacations are super cool <laughs> and awesome and I please everyone come and enjoy it Especially like luminal earth spots. Uh some of those will be really wild to people outside of Seattle, I'm sure like, what is this? Um experience (laughs) that. But don't don't uh don't forget about your area and where you come from because it it I assure you is equally as spooky
1: Yeah, this stuff happening everywhere. And uh we appreciate getting your stories in and Bex, I appreciate so much you sharing the stories of of, uh, of what's happening around here and beyond uh, thanks you so, thanks so much for another great uh, session of reporting
2: thanks jim for having me as always and of course like thanks to everyone who listens to this and <laughs> and has open ears um it's it's like a deep rooted pleasure for me to to share stories so and i'm absolutely <laughs> i think you may agree with that
1: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely uh, what's your socials before we get out of here
2: socials bex b-e-x in the liminal across the board uh liminal dot earth yeah i think that's it
1: <laughs> fantastic well thank you again and thank you for listening to night drift with jim perry on alternative talk kknw eleven fifty a.m in seattle you can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed wherever you listen to them go to you for more and join us next sunday and until then keep looking up